Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to episode number 40 of Wealth Matters Podcast. I'll be interviewing Matt Bowles, partner of Maverick Investor Group today. He moved from working for nonprofit to investing in real estate. He co-founded Maverick in 2007 with some amazing people, and he has been helping investors invest in different markets in U.S. while he <laughs> resides out of country. He loves traveling the world, so he has lived in over 30 countries in the last four years. As he's helping investors build a um, real estate portfolio using turnkey investing, I'm going to chat with him some of the pitfalls and gotchas of turnkey investing, as well as the mistakes investors or newbie investors make while trying to navigate the world of real estate. Welcome, Matt, to Wealth Matters Podcast. How are you, buddy? I'm good, Alpesh. How are you, man? Good. Thank you so much. Where are you located, Matt, right now? Today, I am in St. Petersburg, Russia. Yeah, and this is what I wanted to remind my listeners that, you know, we have, I'm interviewing someone sitting in Russia right now, you know? <laughs> well, you never know, depending on when we recorded this interview. If you had caught me last week, I would have been in Baku in Azerbaijan. And the week before that, I would have been in Tbilisi, Georgia. So I'm, I'm sort of a mover and a shaker, Alpash. I'm a digital nomad. And uh, I just kind of travel around the world and uh, run my business from cool places, man. So uh, excited to be in Russia, though. It's really, St. Petersburg is really an incredible city. It's my first time here. Man, you're killing me. I envy you. I, I just can't. How do you run your business running around? Or not running around enjoying all these cool places. <laughs> yeah, so, so we built the business very, very intentionally to have a location-independent infrastructure. And so, you know, Maverick Investor Group is a licensed real estate brokerage in the United States, and we serve real estate investors exclusively. We help them buy cash-flowing rental properties in the United States in the best US real estate markets, regardless of where they live. So our buyers can be anywhere in the United States, they can be anywhere in the world. And we do all of our consultations with our clients over Skype, over video. So we get to know all of our clients, we get to understand their buying criteria, their investing goals, you know, what they aspire to, what their fears are, their risk tolerance, their financial aspirations and everything else. We build those relationships, but we're able to do it virtually. We don't need them to come and sit down in an office with us. We can do it all virtually and then we can help them select which U.S. real estate market is going to be the best one for their buying criteria. And then, of course, we couldn't be in all the U.S. real estate markets ourselves, even if we were in the U.S. So, so we have relationships with local market specialists in the most advantageous U.S. real estate markets. And what they're doing is they are on the ground in those locations and they're buying distressed properties. They're renovating them in the most investor advantage neighborhoods. And then they're pulling qualified tenants into those properties. And once the property is cash flowing and performing, then they offer that property through Maverick Investor Group to our clients as an off-market 
buying opportunity. And so our staff at Maverick, it doesn't matter which of those markets we're in or if we're in none of them ourselves physically right. because there's teams on the ground in all of those markets. And so we can do our consultations and our relationship building with our clients from anywhere in the country or anywhere in the world. So you just defined turnkey investing and most of my listeners already know about what a turnkey investing is. So thank you for defining it for us. And you're again a great example of running the ship out of state or out of country. So, you know, people who are on the fence, uh, you know, about investing out of state, I keep telling them that it's, it's, not, it's not hard. Of course, you got to take the steps, you got to take action. You may have to build the team, but uh, you know, that's the only way to get started. So uh, this is what, you know, uh, it's you, you show everyone that how it could be done. Uh, well, and the reality is that when you're buying a rental property, whether you're buying it down the block from where you live or whether you're buying it in another state, you're gonna do the same due diligence on that property, right? You're right. going to send in, you're going to send in a professional home inspector, right? You're not going to just inspect it yourself. Even if it's nope. on your same block, you're not a professional inspector. You're going to hire someone to do that for you. Yep. You're going to hire an appraiser to go into the property, right? You're going to yep. do all the research and the diligence yourself. You're going to verify the market rent, verify the property taxes, verify what the tenants lease, what they're paying. All of those things, you're going to do the same on an out-of-state property as you would on an in-state property. And the great thing about an out-of-state property is that you don't have to be the landlord because you have a professional property management company handling the maintenance, collecting the rent, dealing with the tenant. You're not the one taking the calls from the tenant. You have a professional property manager in place to do that. And your tenant's rent is going to cover that property management fee. So you can have the best of all worlds. You can own rental property in the most investor advantaged markets, regardless of where you live, and you don't have to be the rehabber or the landlord, but you get all the benefits of actually owning the deeded property, the hard asset itself. You have total control and you get all of those benefits. Hey, so how did you get started in real estate? Man, my story, Alpash, is that I was working at a nonprofit organization. Interesting. And I was doing, you know, advocacy, progressive advocacy work, helping to make the world a better place, stuff that was really meaningful to me, but I was not making a lot of money, man. Nope. And so, and so, I, and so I said to myself, it's good work, it's meaningful, but, you know, uh, this line of work is not uh, going to get me uh, financially, you know, into a good financial position anytime soon, so I better figure out how to invest. And so I started reading all the books I could read on real estate investing, and what I ended up doing is buying a house to live in, but I bought a four bedroom house and I rented out three of the bedrooms to friends of mine. And so I had three streams of income covering my mortgage. And then what happened is the property appreciated in the first year that I owned it, it appreciated more than my total annual salary from my job. Oh and I was like, that, so that man. has to be California. <laughs> I was actually, it was actually in Washington, DC, oh, yeah, um, but there's, there's a number of markets where that happens. So I was like, wow, that's amazing. And so then I did a cash out refinance and took that money. And then I started learning about how to buy out of state properties. And I started researching other real estate markets and how to diversify my portfolio by buying in different states. And then as I started buying in different 
other states, my friends started approaching me and they started saying, how are you doing this? Can you help us to do this as well? And so I was like, well, okay, sure. Uh, I'll help you do what I do. I'm just buying here. You want to buy one here too? Sure. No problem. Here's how I'm doing it. And so I would bring my friends in and they would buy property. And what I noticed as I was doing this is that the real estate brokerages and companies that were helping me do this were making a commission on my uh, properties that I was buying, but that was cool because I wasn't paying it, right? right? So I was like, oh, they're making money, but I'm not paying it, so that's cool. And then I brought my friends and I saw they were making commissions when my friends were buying too. And I was like, well, that's cool because me and my friends aren't paying that money. So, you know, no, no money out of our pocket. And so I understood how the real estate brokerage model worked. And so what happened is a few years later, one day I walked into work and I unexpectedly got fired from my job. Uh -oh. And that was a total, total game changer for me. My head was spinning. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what I was going to do. I walked out into the parking lot that day. I literally, I had to give them my company phone because it was a company phone. So I literally had no phone. I had to drive. I had to drive to the Verizon store to buy a phone so that I could call my mother to tell her that I got fired. Right? Like, so yeah. literally on this drive, I said to myself, you know what? I am not going to work for anybody else ever again. I'm not going to apply for another job. I'm going to figure out how to start my own business. And what I understand and what I know that I can, where I know I can add value is helping people buy cash flowing rental properties in different markets. And so I reached out to a couple of business partners and we started Maverick Investor Group. And for the last 12 years, Alpesh, we have been doing nothing but helping people buy cash flowing rental properties in the best markets over time. That's awesome. So let's let's get started to the topic of the discussion, right? So everyone now knows about Tunkey Investing. Of course, that's how I started investing as well back in 2014-15. Uh, and, and then I moved on. Uh, so what are the gotchas for investors while investing in Tunkey properties? Well, some of the major things that people want to look out for is buying based on speculation. That's the first major warning sign that I would give to people because you don't want to have to hope and pray that the real estate market goes up in value in order for you to make money. Right. Okay? If you want to do that, go invest in stocks or mutual funds and you yeah. can hope and pray they go up in value. If they do good, if they don't, you're out of luck. Yeah. That's not, that's not why we buy real estate. When you buy a rental property, you want to make your money when you buy, buy. The yep. that you close. Okay. And so if you're, there's a lot of markets in the U S where you can't do this, right? There's a lot of yeah. markets where the real estate is so expensive that the tenant's rent is not going to yes. adequately cover all your expenses and give Especially, you Especially, yeah, coastal markets or DC and most of the West market now, you know, San Francisco through LA to Seattle. Absolutely, absolutely. And so that's why you want to empower yourself to be able to live where you want. If you want to live in San Francisco, yeah. you want to live in Manhattan, like fantastic, like knock, knock yourself out, do it. Or if you have to live there, right? Yeah. But you shouldn't Invest. restrict <laughs> you shouldn't restrict yourself to, to investing there in the same way that if you were to buy stock in a company, you don't care if the corporate headquarters are in your hometown. You right. want to buy stock in the best company wherever it's based. You should have the same mentality as, an, as a real estate investor to be able to buy rental property in the best markets, have it professionally managed and own it regardless of where you live. And so the first thing is do not speculate. Buy instead based on what we call at Maverick Investor Group, real estate 
fundamentals. So you want to buy a desirable property. Okay. First of all, uh -huh. a property in a desirable area, meaning homeowners want to live there. Tenants yep. want to rent there. It's a high demand area within a market that is what we call investor advantaged. Okay. It has positive economic indicators. It has demand drivers like jobs are being created, low cost of living, right? Things like that. People are moving into this market. It's putting upward pressure on rents. It's putting upward pressure on home prices. That's the equation where you want to own property. But we say investor advantaged market, not just because people want to live there, but also because you can buy property low and you can rent high, meaning that you can have a cash flow margin from the day that you close. And that way, as long as your property is cash flowing and you're getting money in your bank account every month, you don't have to worry too much about is the market going up? Is it going down? Is it staying the same? You are holding a cash flowing asset that's putting money into your pocket month after month. That's how you make your money. If it goes up in value, great. That's a bonus. Yes, that's a bonus. Exactly. And People from West Coast, especially you know, the people who I know, they are always speculating because that's what they have seen in markets like California, Seattle, Colorado, etc. I'd say they always ask, oh, yeah, yeah, cash flow is good, but do you think it's going to appreciate? And I'm like, yeah, if you give it for 30 years, definitely. But I, you know, I'm not sure, you know, or, or I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> Well, the, and the great thing about real estate that's so different from buying stocks or mutual funds, but you just have one profit center, you hope and pray they go up in value. Maybe once in a while you have a dividend or something. But in real estate, in addition to the potential for market appreciation, and in addition to the monthly cash flow that you get into your pocket, you also have a situation where if you get a mortgage on your property, yeah, mortgage you get a fixed, down. yeah, you get a fixed principal and interest mortgage for thirty years. Every month, your tenant's mortgage, your tenant's rent is covering your, and paying down your mortgage principal. So, so literally, if you held that property for 30 years and it didn't go up in value a single dollar, which of course is unheard of in the history of real estate, but let's just say that happened. Right. If you held that property for 30 years, your tenant would pay down your entire mortgage principal. You'd own the property free and clear. So you'd still build, you'd still build equity even if the market doesn't go up in value a single dollar, right? Yeah. And all that time, uh, you know, you have also paid no tax pretty much because of the depreciation. That's right. Real estate is also the most tax advantaged asset class in the United States. I mean, let's be honest. That's the best, the best case scenario with a stock or mutual fund situation is it goes up in value. You sell it for a profit and then you have to pay tax on the capital gain. And then whatever after tax profit you have left over you better hope that's higher than the rate of inflation if you want to have a profit in, in real dollars, inflation-adjusted dollars, right? right. With, real, with real estate, you have multiple profit centers. So you have the market appreciation, you got the cash flow. We talked about the tenant paying down your mortgage, you're building equity that way. And then, as you just mentioned, the tax benefits. So the government wants to incentivize you to buy property and offer it for rent because it provides rent, it provides housing for the population. And so they're going to heavily incentivize you to do that by allowing you to depreciate the structure of your property. You can't depreciate the land, but you can depreciate the structure of your property over 27 and a half years. And that depreciation, even if the property is going up in value, right? So you may not have lost anything, but you can take what's called a phantom loss and phantom use this write-off write against your taxable income. So you can save 
tons of money on taxes. And then of course, real estate is also inflation adjusts, it's indexed to inflation. So as inflation goes up, so do home prices and so do rents. Yep. And as you renew your lease each year with the tenant, you can typically increase your rents every year and keep pace with inflation. Yeah, that's a great point too. So you have, you have all of these profit centers. And so the main thing that I would say to people when you're looking to buy turnkey rental property is look to buy based on real estate fundamentals, because even if the market is not going to go up in value, or even if it goes down, you still have all of these other profit centers and you just want to make sure you're buying right and making your money when you buy. So you don't have to be nervous and afraid and worried and speculate whether the market goes up or down because no matter where it goes, you still make money. Nice. So any other gotchas? Well, I mean, the main thing that I would say is to make sure you do your due diligence, right? The main thing that I see people getting burned on is not doing their due diligence. So yep. as you, as you know, Alpesh, there's a lot of people out there these days trying to market and sell properties and they're making uh -huh. all kinds of claims about those properties. And the main thing, and then we tell our clients this, we say, listen, we are not asking you to trust anyone right? Not us, not the seller, not anybody. We want to educate you and help you and provide you access and resources to independently verify every single thing about the property to see if it's the right fit for you. Okay. So don't take anybody's word for it. Send your own independent home inspector in to verify the property condition. Send your own appraiser in to verify the market value. You can use a third party service to verify the market rent, the vacancy rate, the way things are trending. You can verify your tenant qualifications and the terms of the lease that your tenant has signed. You can verify what your property taxes are going to be, what your insurance is going to be, you know, what you can expect for all of these things. And we encourage our clients, listen, even if you're buying your third property, your fourth property, maybe your fifth property from the same seller, from the yeah. same provider. It still do doesn't not, matter. <laughs> do not skimp on your due diligence yeah. on property number five. So, so the main thing I would say is create an ironclad due diligence regimen. We help our clients do this, right? That you will independently exercise. You're not trusting Maverick Investor Group. You're not trusting a provider. You're not trusting anyone. You're independently verifying every single thing. And that includes, by the way, your cash flow analysis of the property. Okay. One of the things you'll see out there is people are throwing around wild numbers. They'll be like, oh, the cap rate is this percent or the ROI is this percent. And then they don't break down and itemize exactly how they calculated that. Yeah. And the reality is that you can calculate things like ROI and cap rates and stuff like that in all sorts of different ways. A lot of people will calculate a capitalization rate and conveniently exclude any sort of vacancy or maintenance estimate. Oh, yeah. And then guess what? It looks a lot higher on paper, right? So don't just go for numbers that look higher or they look better. You really need to do the same due diligence regimen, calculate your cap rate independently, make sure you have every single itemized expense so that you're calculating it and you're using the same formula to compare all the different properties you're looking at so you know exactly what it's going to be based on your own framework. No, that's a great point about cap rate. I recently was uh, looking at a multifamily property and uh, the guy sent it as, oh yeah, in place 8% cap rate. I'm like, in Dallas, Texas, it's unheard of right now. So I looked into detail and there was no fees for property management for a property 
you know, which is 40 units. And I'm like, why? He said, oh, yeah, the owner is managing himself. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but this is, but, and this is important, right? Because the other reality is that you need to make sure not only, you know, what's the situation with this one particular property, but if you had to go hire a new property manager, if yeah. you had to go lease it to a new tenant, right? Would you be able to get the same numbers? See, so that's what you need to do. Not just, and you need to not just verify, yes, my tenant is paying this much rent, but you need to verify, is that in fact the fair market rent where I believe I could reliably release that property to a new tenant within 30 days for the same amount of money should my tenant ever leave, right? So you wanna verify the actual market numbers as well, right? So that's why it's really important to do the same thing for every single property. Yeah, and, and never skimp on due diligence. My very first investment where I lost all my money um, and I have spoke about it on the podcast before as well, that I did not get the property inspection done. I bought it sight unseen. I just relied on the photos and videos I was pro I had, you know, I was provided, right? But I should have paid for property inspection would have costed me 500 bucks instead of 35,000 worth of education. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and what you want to do with that, I mean, for anybody that's new to this is you're going to send in your home inspector and you're going to hire them. They independently, they work for you, not for the yeah, seller, so you know, anyone. <laughs> they, they, they work for you. And, and to be honest, their job is to come back with a list of recommendations for things that they recommend to be fixed before you close. Right. Yep. And then as soon as you get that, every inspection is going to have a list, by the way, like People should also be aware of this. I mean, the flip side is, you know, don't run for the hills and think the house is going to fall down just because your inspector has, you know, listed 17 things that they think should be fixed before you close. I mean, that's normal, right? right. And what you're going to do with those 17 things that should be fixed before you close is you're going to give that report to the seller, okay, to the provider that you're purchasing the property from. And you're going to say, hey, this is what my inspector says should be fixed uh, before the close. And then you and the seller will talk through those items and the seller will agree, okay, you know, we will fix these items before you close. And then they're going to come up with what's called a punch list. And you're going to agree to that with the seller. Say, okay, you're going to fix these items before I close, right? The key yeah. is before I close, right? And then you attach that to the contract as an addendum. The seller fixes those items. And then you can actually have your inspector go back, if you want to, go back out and verify and say, yep, they sure did. They fixed all those items you're set to close. And now you know the exact condition of the property that you're closing on. Oh, yeah, that's another great point. So anything else we did not discuss about the gotchas? <laughs> I mean, those are the, listen, I mean, I would break it down like this. First of all, make sure you're picking the right macro market. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're picking a market where you can buy low, rent high, that has positive economic indicators and demand drivers. It's a healthy investor advantage real estate market. That's step one. Then go down a level into the micro markets, the actual neighborhood in that market where you're going to buy. Because El Pesh, I'm going to say this, and a lot of people will not say it, but I'm going to say it very bluntly. The, re the reality is that even in one of these investor advantaged macro markets, that does not mean that every property that you buy is a good real estate investment. And in fact, most properties are not, not, <laughs> not going to be a good investment, even in the most advantaged markets. Right. Why? 
Either they're going to be too expensive, high-end luxury properties. You cannot get enough rent to cash flow meaningfully, or they're going to be too low-end, undesirable areas. They're not going to attract quality tenants. You're going to have a lot of turnover, high vacancy, high maintenance, and that is going to disrupt your cash flow. And so you want to buy in what we call the real estate investor sweet spots. And that's why it's important to work with local market specialists that, that work and specialize in the real estate investment space, not just a regular real estate agent that'll tell you, oh yeah, I'll get you in a rental property. Um, and so that's what we've spent the last 12 years doing, right? So that's what we help our clients do. And then the next level down is the actual asset itself, the actual house. Once you pick your market, you pick your neighborhood, now it's all about the house. And now it's about doing that regimented due diligence on the actual asset itself. Thank you, Matt. So let's take a break. This was awesome. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S, dot com. Welcome back, everyone. I'm chatting with Matt from Maverick Investors Group. Hey, Matt, so that gotchas were amazing. Um, I have another question for you. <laughs> what kind of rookie mistakes investors make while researching markets, sub-markets, as well as researching turnkey providers? And I'm pretty sure in the last 12 years, you would have seen it all, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things that people do is they put different types of non-investment criteria into their decision-making. Okay. So for example, I, you know, somebody says, I want to own a property in this market because I want to visit that area. Right. Or right. I have family that lives in that area. Or I've heard a whole bunch of people on a really popular blog talking about buying in that area. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> or, or anything other than an actual investment analysis. Okay. So the first thing that you want to do is eliminate emotional criteria, personal preferences, anything like that, okay? If you wanna buy a vacation property or you wanna buy a primary residence to live in, that type of criteria is entirely different from the criteria that you wanna to use to buying a rental property, right? It's like the example with stocks, okay? You wanna buy stock in the best company. You don't care where the corporate headquarters are located right? Uh -huh. You want to think the same way about real estate. So I think a lot of people will choose the wrong things. They think one market is sexy or they like to go there and visit personally or their family there or whatever those criteria are. And that can lead to a bad investment decision. Um, the other thing is, I think in terms of selecting turnkey providers or things like that is putting too much faith or trust in the actual provider. Okay. Now I'm not saying you should distrust a provider. I'm saying that trust should not come into the equation, meaning that you need to have a totally independent analytical program for deciding whether or not to buy a property. Okay. 
if a provider can provide you with something that meets all of your criteria, fantastic. That's awesome. But you're going to independently verify that and make sure, right? So what happens is when people come into Maverick Investor Group, right? The first thing is that I have no idea what property to recommend to you because I don't know you. I don't know your buying criteria. I don't know your investment right. goals. I don't even know what market to suggest to you. So I, I can't make that recommendation. And that's very different because most property providers work in one market. This is the same with most real estate agents as well, by the way, Alpesh. They uh -huh. work in one, they work, you know, real estate developers, all this stuff. They work in one market and that's all they have to sell. And so as the best real estate markets change over time, those people are stuck selling the same market. So they got to retrofit their marketing materials and tell you that their market always the best one to buy in, even yeah. though the best markets change over time. So what we did at Maverick is we created the flexibility to help people buy in different real estate markets over time and uh, select from a number of different markets that have different attributes to them that would be more appropriate for certain types of investors. And so when people come in and talk to us about their buying goals or criteria, we'll talk to them about, well, these are the advantages or disadvantages of you know, some of these markets and, and which one would be the best for you. And then they can help to make that decision. And it doesn't matter to us where they buy because as I said at the beginning, we are a real estate brokerage. So we're gonna make a referral fee no matter where they buy, but they don't have to pay it to us because we get it paid from whoever they end up buying from. So we are market agnostic. We just want to help the buyer purchase in the best market for them because if we can do that, then of course they're gonna buy again refer their friends, right? That's our financial incentive. Got it. Oh, that's uh, another great point. Thank you. So, uh, anything else you have seen? Uh, any other mistakes? I mean, I think there's a lot of them, but I think the main thing is, as I said, best market, best micro market, choosing the best asset, independently verifying everything for yourself, not needing to trust anyone, using all your independent due diligence mechanisms at your disposal, which by the way, we help people to do, we help them, we give them access to all the resources to do all that themselves. Um, and then, you know, monitoring your investment, you know, overseeing it every month. And if something's not performing well, then you can always change it, right? That's the thing right. okay? is if your property manager isn't performing to your liking, well, you can always get another property manager. So we help our clients do that all, you know, if they, you know, a year down the road, they call and say, Hey, you know, this property manager I'm using isn't performing as well. I'd like to switch companies. You know, we can help them, you know, identify a few other companies that might be a better fit for them and then they can shake it up. And so, you know, you're not doing the day-to-day -day landlording, but you are the investor, which means you are, the, you are making decisions and cashing checks is yeah, what you're doing. But one of the decisions... Business. But, you know, but one of the decisions that you're making is who's going to keep managing your property and you're making sure that it's, you know, right. performing as you want it to. And so I think, you know, keeping an eye on that every month and making sure that things are going smoothly, you know, is another thing that's important to do. And then as you build your portfolio over time and you diversify your portfolio across markets, then of course, you know, if certain properties, you know, go way up in value, you can sell those properties and, and buy in other markets. Or if certain properties are not performing well, you can just sell those off, prune your portfolio and really continue to optimize it. So I think as the investor, you want to be attentive to all those things as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I keep telling everyone when you are investing in one property or five properties, it's your business, you know, treat it like a business. If you don't like something, change it, right? Like, as you mentioned, 
fire your property manager if it's not working out. Same as, you know, if you are an employee, your employer, you know how the business works. Right. So um, the la last question I have is which markets are you focused on and why? Yeah, that's a really good question. And the reality is, Alpesh, that the best U.S. real estate markets change over time. Well, so we've been, doing, we've been doing this for 12 years, man. And I can tell you that the markets we were in 12 years ago or even eight years ago or even six years ago are not the same ones that we're in today, right? And it was, you know, back in 2009, 2010, we were helping people buy in Phoenix, Arizona because it had just bottomed out and you could buy houses really low, rent them high, get great assets. And that was the most popular market of 2010 for us. And then what happened is <laughs> everybody started buying up the houses. The institutional investors came in, the private equity funds came in and those home prices went up 30% in a year and uh, it just went through the roof. But the rents did not rise with you know, that fast. And so what happened was you had a process of yield compression where yeah. the home prices went way up, the rents did not go way up. And so if you were to continue to buy 30% plus higher, but not get any more rent, of course, you would have a much lower cash flow margin, right? The cap rates got right. totally squeezed. So then we helped our clients start buying in other markets. We went over to Atlanta in 2000, you know, 2012. Atlanta was our biggest market right. back then. And then we went into Houston in 2012, 2013. We went into Dallas in 2014. All those markets. You mentioned Dallas yes. at the beginning, Alpesh. I mean, five, six years ago, that was a great that market. Was crazy. Not anymore. <laughs> Today, you got to be kidding me, right? Like, so, yeah. so because what happens is the home price went way up. So if you bought in Dallas in 2013, like you crushed, you had this huge equity position, you locked in a great price to rent ratio. You can either sell and take your profit or keep it cash flowing and, and, and keep your equity in the house or do a cash out refinance or whatever you want. But to continue to buy in these markets today, you're going to get a much, much lower cap rate and a much lower yeah. cash flow margin because the rents have not kept pace with the home price appreciation. And so to answer your question, what we've done today, most of our clients are now buying in Midwestern markets. So these are major cities like St. Louis, Kansas City, Indianapolis, those types of markets, oh, uh, you know, markets in Ohio. And these are markets, again, that I said meet the criteria of they have strong economic indicators and demand drivers, okay, lower than average unemployment, job creation, right, uh, very favorable cost of living compared to the rest of the country. People want to move in, they want to live in these places. And so these are the macro markets within that. We're identifying the real estate investor sweet spots. And then within those, of course, Every single investor is inspecting the actual individual asset before they buy, of course. And so that's where most of our clients are going today and building their portfolios. That's awesome. Anything else you, you, we did not discuss? Man, I think we have hit on a lot of the major stuff. I mean, I think this is a really, really good primer on turnkey real estate investing. For people that do want to go deeper though, Alpesh, I would be super happy to connect with any of your listeners that want to actually go one-on-one -on -one and do that individual conversation, you know, with and, and have that with Maverick Investor Group. We would be more than happy to answer individual questions and really go deeper into a customized you know, turnkey portfolio building strategy with individual people, whether it's their first property or, you know, they're, they're already on their way building their portfolio. So how do my listeners reach out to you then? 
Sure. So two things that I can offer depending on where people are. So some people, if you're, if you're in sort of the educational mode, I put together based on all my experience over the last 12 years, uh, a white paper called how to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that real estate investors are making in today's market, 2019. Now, a couple of them we talked about already on this podcast, but this report contains other mistakes as well. And you're going to uh, learn a little bit more even about uh, you know, the business model and everything else when you read this report. And so for anybody that wants to get that report, just go to maverickinvestorgroup.com slash wealth matters. Okay, so that's M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K-I-N-V-E-S-T-O-R-G-R-O-U-P.com and then forward slash wealth matters. Okay, and you'll get that report there for free. Um, and if you do want to do a consultation with us, that report is also going to give you the information for how to schedule that. Okay, and that is a personalized one-on-one -on -one phone consultation. We can answer all of your questions that you have and then learn about you to see if it's a good fit for us to work together. And if it is great, we can start helping you in a customized way that works with your investment goals. Hey, thank you, Matt, for offering to help my listeners uh, in their turnkey investing journey. And I appreciate the podcast. Thanks, Alpesh. I appreciate it. I mean, the other thing that I do is I host the Maverick Show podcast. And if people are interested in checking that out, I interviewed today's most interesting real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and world travelers. So these are people that are designing incredible lifestyles. They're traveling the world and they're funding it either with uh, turnkey rental properties or they've built location independent businesses or a combination thereof. So super interesting people. I'm interviewing them as I travel around the world. Uh, and if you want to check that out, you can just go to themaverickshow.com is the website or you can find it anywhere you listen to your podcast itunes stitcher google play spotify anywhere else the maverick show now i th thoroughly enjoyed listening to maverick show as well so i highly recommend people check it out thank you so much matt for your time today thanks alpash thanks for having me man i appreciate it take care bye 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 if you are on the fence about investing or have any questions about alternative investments, please reach out to me at alpesh at wealthmatters.com. It's A-L-P-E-S-H at W-E-A-L-T-H-M-A-T-R-S.com. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing!